0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Today, we're asking the question Where's your Germex? Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Cast the Word. I pray that each of you are staying safe, staying healthy, and staying blessed today. And the topic for this week's episode is titled Where's Your Germex? And as a result of the pandemic, we all have become more aware of the importance of washing our hands and sanitizing our hands. And this sanitary practice has been pushed to the forefront of our daily lives because of COVID. We're more aware of this. We, we may think about it more or at least be conscientious of the importance of sanitation right now. We, we see hand sanitizer all over the place. We see it in stores and restaurants and the supply and demand for sanitizer has surely increased over the past year as well. In fact, I just went to the store the other day and there was a big basket of hand sanitizer, little bottles of hand sanitizer filled to the brim of that basket, which before COVID, we just didn't see that much of it. We knew where to go if we needed it, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is right now. And even though we have all heard throughout our lives how much germs we accumulate on our hands and how important hand sanitation is, I'm sure we all can agree that due to COVID, it's just become much more in our faces now. And recently I started thinking about this from a spiritual perspective. We are all much more cognizant of eliminating germs and bacteria on our flesh as a result of the pandemic right now than maybe we were before, but we must not neglect to consider the same discipline for our spiritual man too. So we're going to discuss spiritual cleanliness today, and instead of bouncing off this topic from a general text or a general scripture, I'm going to list three points and highlight scripture throughout each point that drives home the importance of having a spiritually clean man. And the first point is we must have a clean heart. If we're going to consider where our spiritual germex is, or if we're going to consider the importance of spiritual cleanliness, the first thing we must consider is having a clean heart. In Psalms 51, we read David's prayer of repentance after sinning against God when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And in verse 10 of that chapter, we read, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and a right spirit within me. From a spiritual perspective, when we consider the spiritual man, the heart is the epicenter of perpetuating a clean spirit. If your heart is black, then your spirit is black. The heart affects everything you do. If you have a black heart, then your speech will be black. Luke 6.45 says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If your heart is not pure, then you can miss God as big as Dallas, Texas, and even be separated from God. Matthew 5.8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you're not pure in heart, you miss God. It's really that simple. It's important for the body of Christ to take the spiritual Germex which is the Word of God, and cleanse our hearts with it. It's important for the body of Christ to bring to light things in our lives that are not pleasing to God through prayer and sanitize it out of us. Without having spiritual awareness, we can quickly become infected with a spiritual pandemic that will cause our spiritual man to fall weak and sick. And that spiritual awareness comes through the washing of the Word and through communion with God. Ever since the fall of man back in the Garden of Eden, our hearts have been tainted. We've been cursed with sin. And it's important that as a believer and as a follower of Christ that we always self-reflect in the presence of the Word to ensure that we are not walking with impurities in our life. And sometimes it's hard to be self-aware of these things. In our own minds, we may think we're on the right path or think that we are living clean. But then we open the Bible and and maybe find something documented by man through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and realize that this thing we've been holding on to has caused our hearts to be deceived. If we are not conscientious and diligent to guard our hearts, then we can easily be deceived by our own self. We read this in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? This concept of cleansing our hearts takes spiritual maturity. It requires us to look deep within, to examine our ways, and to line up with the Word of God, even when it's hard or uncomfortable to do. This is what it takes for us to move from drinking milk to eating meat. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. If we want the Lord to really change us from the inside out, if we are to make a difference in the world around us, then above all else, we must seek a sanitized heart. We must seek a pure heart. This will allow us to truly show Christ through our lives. A pure heart will allow us to really love people the way Christ loves us. And again, the first step to purifying your heart is to stay in the Word and to obey the Word and to pray the Word over your life. 1 Peter 1.22 says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. The start to having a sanitized heart is to obey the truth, which is the Word of God. The second point is we must have clean hands, and this point can be tackled from multiple different angles, and one quick angle is the work we do with our hands, the physical work we do with our hands. Today, it seems like the topic of work is avoided and even hated by many. So many people today avoid work at all costs due to some lack of desire to want to work. Understandably, there are people that physically cannot work, and I understand that, but that is not the class in which I'm speaking about right now. We should desire to do work, and we should desire to glorify God with the work of our hands. Psalms 90 verse 17 says, Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. When we work in our jobs, we must be diligent to not labor in vain, but instead do your work is honor unto the Lord. Whatever your job is from a a secular perspective, the Lord has given it to you, it's a gift. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. And that means your gift of employment, your ability to pay your bills and put food on your table. We can so easily let this truth drift by us. We all get stressed from time to time with our jobs and we can even let the work we do debilitate us mentally. But Colossians 3:23 says whatever you do work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. This is one thing that I try to pray personally about, you know, every now and then. Admittedly, I don't do it or consider it as much as I should, but I recognize the importance of this truth. But the work I do secularly, should be approached as unto the Lord. Yes, I have a boss, and yes, I have a company that I work for and that I have to answer to, and many of us can relate to that, but I have the opportunity because ultimately the Lord gave it to me. And whatever work you do with your hands from a physical perspective, consider next time that this work is for the Lord, not for man. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. And there are many other verses to drive this point home, but suffice it to say, don't let the mundane rituals of your job be done in vain. Do it to God. Do it unto the Lord. This mentality, I believe, will help purify your hands and the work you do and will bless you when you consider that what you're doing is committed to God, because God gave you that job. And that's one way to think about when we consider cleaning our hands, it it. We can consider the work we do and the work we do with our hands and from a physical perspective to just bless God with that job, with that work that you do. And the second angle to this point is the fact that sometimes we can do things sinfully with our hands as well. James 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. If your hands are dirty, meaning if you are participating in a life of sin or participating in habitual sin, then many things will suffer as a result of that. And that's pretty obvious. And obviously your your worship will suffer as a result of that too. First Timothy two eight tells us to lift up holy hands, and that's one way we bless God and we worship God, and we read that throughout Scripture about lifting up holy hands unto the Lord. And if our hands are dirty, then they can't be holy. Now understand that when I say that, I'm not advocating a works gospel here, we're saved by grace through repentance and through the blood of Christ alone. However, that does not mean that we should not strive toward righteous living and avoid sinful things with our hands and with our actions. There's a balance there. My pastor once said that somewhere between law and lasciviousness, there is liberty. We can't be stuck in the ditch focusing on the law, trying to work our way into heaven, trying to accomplish our salvation through our hands through our work or or our deeds but we cannot live a life of lasciviousness either we can't be carefree and if we're not careful we can be on the ditch in either side we must have bible balance and there we will find liberty so with that being said you must consider the things that you do with your hands both physically and spiritually Do you entertain sin by encouraging it or participating in it? Then we've got to cleanse our hands. Through the scars on Christ's hands, we have been grafted into the vine of righteousness and salvation as Gentiles, and we must look to Christ's hands for this salvation. By the cleansing of our hearts and our hands, by washing them in the blood of Christ, then then can we lift up our holy hands and let our worship be unto God, like a sweet fragrance. Job 17 verse 9 says, Yet the righteous holds to his way, and he who has clean hands grows stronger and stronger. Cleaning your hands will cause you to mature, and it will help you gain spiritual strength throughout your journey in this life. As I mentioned in the first point, having a dirty heart can cause you to miss God, and the same is true for dirty hands as well. Isaiah 1 15 says, When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. If our hands are dirty through sin and through neglecting God's word, then God will distance himself from us. We must approach the throne boldly, but we must make sure that we are purified when we do by washing our heart and washing our hands through the blood of Christ. And the last point is that we must have a clean mouth. Man, the mouth can get us into so much trouble, can't it? And like I said earlier, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And James teaches in his book about the power of the tongue, be that for the good or the bad. The tongue, which is our speech, can either lift people up or it can tear people down. Which path do you want to take? Ephesians four twenty nine says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. The psalmist prayed in chapter 141 verse 3 to set a guard over his mouth and to keep watch over his lips, a prayer to God, and that's got to be our prayer too. And this is an area that I know we all can do better in. How many times have you in your past said something and immediately wish you didn't say it? I know I have, but we know that there is no rewind button in life, and the words we speak are powerful. And as I stated, they can either build people up or they can tear people down, they can help encourage relationships, or they can end relationships. We see this come to fruition all the time when we're in arguments or when we're upset about something, especially if that something is a someone, and we're upset with someone and in an argument with someone about something they did or or whatever it may be. We speak emotionally, and after tempers subside, then maybe we have that hindsight is 2020 perspective maybe we wish we didn't say the thing we said maybe we responded too quickly in the heat of the moment the problem is that it was said what you said is said you can't take it back and more than likely someone might have been hurt by the things that we have said then we have to work to reconcile to repent to god for what we said to ask for forgiveness from the other person apologize to that person and work to rebuild what we tore down with our tongue. Proverbs 13 verse 3 says, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips come to ruin. Sometimes it's better to remain quiet on certain things. Maybe think it over before you say it. Don't let your tongue destroy you. Now is the time that we all must consider sanitizing our mouths, because the mouth is one of the best witnesses to Christ. In fact, when we are talking to people, it's obvious that the mouth is the tool that we use to help witness to other people, to help provide a testimony and maybe lead people to Christ. If you try to witness to someone right after you cuss them out, chances are your witness to them has been tainted, and it's not going to be effective. But if our hearts are not pure, then we cannot expect our mouth to be pure either. So we've got to start with our heart and then work on our mouth after. In the world we live in today, everyone is quick to judge, quick to anger, quick to spout off at the mouth and tear someone down. It seems like the issue of anger is just so alive today, more so than ever before. We're all on edge. There's so much anxiety and anger going on right now. And I believe personally, so the church goes, so does the nation. I believe it's up to the body of Christ to make a difference here in this specific point. If you have on your social media page, for example, in your little bio that you're a Christian, then I encourage you to be conscientious of what you say. Even if you don't brand yourself as a Christian on social media, and maybe you are a Christian, then still be careful with what you say. But we've all seen those post sometimes from a fellow believer that you know has on their bio page that they're they're saved by the blood of, of Jesus, and yet their post seems so contrary to the Word of God. There's There may be so much anger or just negativity or whatever it may be. I'm sure we all have seen that. I know I have, and I'm sure you have as well. And we have to be conscientious about the words we say on social media, especially, because no one hears the tone behind what you're saying it, and that's another thing that I haven't really gotten into is sometimes it's not so much what you say, but how you say it. Both the execution of the words you use as well as the delivery of the words that you use can either be powerful for the good or for the bad, and it's something we all have to take inventory of. It's something we all have to reflect on and and really be disciplined here because Like I said, your words, they come out so quickly, and then maybe later you think, oh, I wish I would have said that differently, or maybe I wish I wouldn't have said that at all. And the deeper we get His Word into our hearts, the more powerful we will be spiritually, and the more pure our heart will be, and the more loving your mouth can be to those around you. So it all goes back to the Word. It all goes back to Jesus, and I know that's no surprise there, but... You know, this is something that we all have to just really take inventory of and just be diligent about because it's something we all struggle with. I know at least I do. I won't speak for you, but I'm sure that many of us, if not all of us, can admit that sometimes our tongue can get us into trouble. So we've got to be careful about that and just make sure that we are are really sanitizing our hearts, our hands, and especially our mouth. I know I had three points here, but if I could just list one quick bonus point, it's to cleanse our minds. And I I didn't really hammer down on this as an in-depth point because I've made a lot of episodes, or at least a few episodes, I'll say, on this podcast about the power of the mind and, and how detrimental it can be for us at times. And In fact, most spiritual warfare that we battle comes to us through our mind. And Paul teaches us in Romans to renew our mind by the washing of the Word, and we've spent a lot of time on that verse here in this podcast, but if you haven't picked up on this by now, every answer to the problems that we face in this life and every answer to how we should live comes from the Bible. That is our manual for life. So I didn't spend a lot of time on that, but I do just want to highlight that real quick, that... We've got to cleanse our minds as well, and and it all goes back to the Bible. Uh, Like I said, Paul teaches in Romans to renew our mind by the washing of the Word, and and that washing of the Word will help us to fight our spiritual battles. And if you're not in the Word, you can't fight spiritual battles. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness, he counterattacked Satan's attacks by reminding Satan of what was written. If you don't ever open your Word, you can't know what's written. And if you don't know what's written then you cannot be prepared for spiritual warfare. I pray this episode has encouraged you today, and we're living in the middle of a global pandemic, and even though we are all more aware of sanitizing our hands and making sure our hands are clean physically, I pray today that you're reminded to sanitize your spiritual man as well. Thank you all so much for your continued support. I always love hearing from you guys, so if you want to write us, feel free to do so by sending us an email to cast the word at gmail.com. I'm always encouraged by your thoughts and prayers, and I would absolutely love to hear from you. And I pray that in the midst of the chaos of this world today, that you stay strong in the faith. I look forward to talking to you again soon.